on TV, online and on your smartphone. This is Ticker News. Hi there, folks. Even out of office, Donald Trump can't stop making history as a former U.S. president, from his unprecedented indictment in New York to his federal charges in Miami. But just like his supporters are feeling energized, Donald Trump's facing the fight of his life. Become the U.S. president once again, or maybe go to jail. I'm Aaron Young. Let's get started. Now, from our headquarters at Ticker Park, this is Ticker Today. Okay, so 2024 will be a make or break year for the Trump empire, you'd have to say, along with being the only US president to get impeached twice and the only one to lose the popular vote twice. Trump is now also the first president to face criminal charges. But despite all his political baggage and mounting legal problems, early polls show that Trump remains the favorite to win the 2024 Republican presidential nomination. That is, unless Ron DeSantis can pick himself up. Those who have worked alongside Trump in the past are worried now. The question is, should we be putting someone like this forward as the leader of the country, leader of the free world who is engaged in this kind of conduct? The other thing is, this is not just an isolated example. Trump has, you know, has many good qualities and he accomplished some good things. But the fact of the matter is, uh, he is a consummate narcissist and he constantly engages in reckless conduct that that puts uh, his political followers at risk and, and, and the conservative and Republican agenda at risk. And that is someone on his side of politics. There's no doubt many Republicans view the charges against Trump as political and all in effort by the establishment to knock him out of the 2024 race. The Democrats, though, have their own problems, too. President Joe Biden and Donald Trump have a problem, separate problems, but both weighing on the minds of U.S. voters. Biden's age and Trump's legal troubles are giving a third of the voters they're likely to target second thoughts about supporting them in a race that is already so close. Let's take Biden, for example, this poll finding 33 percent of Americans will vote for another candidate next year because of his age. The federal charges against Trump are unprecedented, but they've also taken America to an unprecedented level of political brinkmanship. The Democrats will be asking themselves this. If Trump does win next year, how will he treat the Democrats and Joe Biden? Have a listen to Trump's former Vice President Mike Pence on this for some clues. Look, clearly the American people, or, or not, or I would tell you among Republicans, uh, vast majority uh, of Republicans have lost confidence in the Department of Justice. And if I'm elected president of the United States, I've said on day one, we're going to we're going to clean house at the highest levels of the Department of you Justice. Clean house at the highest levels. It's shaping up to be a do or die contest. Let's bring in Bruce Walpin, our senior fellow at the U.S. Studies Center. Great to have you with us. How important do you think it is for Donald Trump to win next year or he may go to jail? It's going to be epical for the country one way or the other. Uh, there's no doubt that Trump absolutely wants to reassert uh, his, his presidency and then wreak vengeance on his enemies and use the power of the state to do it for the purposes that Mike Pence uh, outlined as well. And so really, I think the future of democracy is on the ballot because Trump is an anti-democratic candidate. And it goes beyond conservative economics and beyond what you feel about climate and stuff like that. It really is about the cultural direction of the country and what Trump wants to do with it. Biden, on the other hand, is out there campaigning over the past few days, as we can see, uh, asserting his management of the economy and delivering for the middle class. 
We'll be talking about Biden a little later on, but a 2024 presidential run by uh, Donald Trump, we know is pretty much a certainty. Anything can happen between now and the primaries. But when we talk about what a Trump presidency would look like from day one, what would you envisage would occur? Uh, he's going to put loyalists throughout uh, his staff in the White House and throughout his staff. He's learned a lot of lessons from the first term as to what happened and what went wrong and what prevented him from doing everything he wanted to do. And he's going to fix that. He's going to uh, stick with his agenda. America first, bringing jobs home, closing the borders, law and order, and uh, and, and then working, uh, sending legislation to Congress to implement all of that. It's going to be a very strong assertion of presidential power uh, so that he can complete the job that he has said. He, he would, he, he's giving a very strong message to his supporters, saying, when they come after me, the Democrats, the radical socialists, they're coming after you. And he wants, and he is there to protect them. And he, and the, the thing is so impressive is they have absorbed his message, his bases have absorbed his messages, and they are faithful to it, and they are highly motivated. So when turnout is everything in an American election, because there isn't compulsory voting, that is really an edge that Trump has. That being the issue, as we mentioned, his support base is energized. You mentioned earlier that uh, he would learn his lessons from the first presidency, that he would be looking after those who've been loyal to him. Who's left? You listen to Bill Barr. You listen to Mike Pence in other interviews where he says, you know, we've got to be careful about this guy. I mean, Mike Pence's life was on the line in the January 6th riots. Does it end up with the people who are loyal to Trump are the ones who are denying he did anything wrong on January 6th? Uh, that's absolutely true. And what he's going to do is just find the true believers and put them in power. There are a lot of people uh, at other levels in the Justice Department who want to take it over in the closing days of the Trump administration. They were frustrated from doing it. Trump knows who they are, so he has his people. But like attracts like. And frankly, the caliber of people around Trump, you can see it in his lawyers. You can see it in his political associates. You know, Rudy Giuliani, Roger Stone, Steve Bannon. Uh, the people around Trump are like him. But there are many of them, and he trusts them. So you're going to see a whole different class of political power being built in Washington. Back, and it's it's going to be unprecedented. We're we're in unprecedented times of how much we say unprecedented about everything. You and I have been speaking for a long time, and we have used that word uh, a lot of times. Um, what do you think it would mean for foreign relations? We remember when Trump came to power and he started breaking up many of those trade agreements and trade alliances, even with allies as well. You had Europe really worried. There's NATO, there's Ukraine, and of course, there's China. What's your view? He's an isolationist and he's a protectionist, and that's going to, and, and again, America first. That's what he's going to do. So, he attacks the architecture of international relations that has been built up since World War II. He really wants to go after NATO. He's not happy with it. I think he would like to pull the United States out of NATO. I think he wants to bring American troops home. He was within uh, an hour of signing a piece of paper in, uh, in the Oval Office, which would have withdrawn U.S. troops from South Korea. Uh, he's against all the trade agreements. He's against the Iran nuclear deal. He's against energy and climate agreements. So, he, he really wants to end that web of entanglement on policy, politics, that um, really we've been living with for several generations now. So that's a profound change. And he's going to uh, take it out on Western democratic leaders because he wants to be closer to 
Putin. He wants to be closer to Xi. He wants to be closer to Viktor Orban in Hungary. He wants to reestablish his ties with Kim Jong-un in North Korea. And uh, everyone else is going to be, be second place in uh, Trump's uh, priority of affiliations around the world. One of our producers commented the other day when we were talking about this interview that maybe Trump would get rid of the two-term limit. You mentioned Putin, you mentioned Xi Jinping. They're kind of leaders for life. Could you imagine Trump seeing himself that way? He loves that. Ultimately, mortality will catch up with Donald Trump. But we don't have something called the United States Constitution. But that raises issues domestically, too. I mean, at home, is he going to just start disobeying laws that he doesn't like passed by Congress? Is he going to disobey court orders by judges that he doesn't like throughout the United States? Is he going to go, how's he going to go after the media, which he hates? Is he going to start putting journalists in jail? If he doesn't like certain company leadership and what they do, does he want to put them out of business by regulation or tax? This is going to be something profoundly different than we've ever seen. We are speaking uh, here with Bruce Wolpe from the U.S. Study Center. When we come back, we're going to be talking about some of the other issues facing the current U.S. President Joe Biden, who, of course, is facing concerns about his age. But he's been out on the hustings in uh, Philadelphia, where he's been very much talking about jobs and the economy and jobs for unions, really setting up the difference between him and Donald Trump. Do stay with us.